At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio with your host, Sheriff Joe Bags. Well, hello there, Rams fans. Welcome back to another edition of Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. This episode is brought to you by Audible. And with over 480,000 titles to choose from, you can get a free download right now and a free month of Audible. All you need to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash ramshowcase. I am your host, Joe Branham, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Bags, laying down the law for you guys here today. Uh, we got a decent amount of stuff to get into, so I'm going to go ahead and hop right in. No messing around today. So, the transactions for you guys. One, one transaction I have yet to find out, and and I do apologize about that, uh, but we do have a wide receiver, Cooper Cup, kick returner, Pro Bowl kick returner, has now been designated off of IR, so he is back on the Rams roster, so he is good to go. And as fully expected, we are expecting uh, Aqib Tlaib, cornerback, to come back after the bye week. So he should be playing at the Detroit Lions, so that'll be really cool stuff. Uh, I, the, the transaction that I kind of alluded to that I have not heard of yet is who the Rams are dropping in place of Farrell Cooper. Now, I do have an assumption for you guys I don't want to. I don't want to be the guy who gives you guys all the assumptions, but uh, my guess is that we're going to see wide receiver Nick Williams drop off the roster in place of Farrell Cooper. But it could be someone else. So don't take that. Don't take that uh, as as total gold here. Uh, there is a chance that it that it is someone else. But that would be my guess. Uh, but of course, the Ram Showcase Facebook page and the Twitter page will keep you guys up to date. The second that I know anything about it, you guys will know something about it. All right. Uh, let's go into some news and notes for you guys. The Rams are in Colorado Springs until Saturday. And if you guys are fans of me, and I hope that you are at least a little bit, that you at least kind of enjoy my my take on some things, uh, then you should just be excited for me. All right, this is a very, very big moment in my life. I was born and raised in Colorado Springs. Uh, I, I still live in Fountain, which is basically just Colorado Springs. It's basically like if uh, I'm trying to put this in L.A. terms. Like, if you would consider, you know, Englewood, L.A., which I think I would, personally, and, like, in, in Denver, I know that that's kind of, that's closer to home for me, is, like, Aurora and Broomfield and Lakewood and all that stuff. That's just Denver. It's all Denver, but they're not actually Denver. But that's kind of what Col- uh, Fountain is to Colorado Springs. But the Rams are staying at the Broadmoor in Colorado Springs, which is our nicest hotel. It's It's gorgeous up there. If you guys ever have a chance to stay at the Broadmoor, it's way out of my price range. But if you guys have the chance, I think you absolutely should. It's absolutely beautiful. I'm sure if you guys are following any of the Rams players on Snapchat or Instagram, you've kind of seen some photos. Uh, it's just awesome up there. And uh, they are practicing at the Air Force Academy, home of the Air Force Falcons 
football team and basketball team. And they, they do have hockey too. They have hockey also, but they're not as good. They had one really awesome year, but other than that, kind of irrelevant. Uh, but Colorado Springs, awesome stuff. Me and my buddy, they flew in on, on Monday. Uh, the flight was originally scheduled to be here at 6.15. So we were there, obviously, at the at the airport at like 6 o'clock. It got delayed. It landed at about 8 o'clock. But we were there that whole time. Unfortunately, we were unable to run into anybody uh, because the Rams went straight from the plane straight to the bus uh, right off there, off the tarmac. So so we didn't get a chance to do anything cool, but it, the effort was put in. And we will definitely be not stopping our efforts as far as trying to meet some players, uh, the Rams will return to Los Angeles from Colorado Springs on Saturday, and uh, that is where that is where me and my friends are going to try to uh, to meet up at the hotel and and see what we can do. See what we see if we can do some cool uh, photos for you guys or something. I'll share some uh, to my personal Facebook page. I might share them to the Ram Showcase page. We'll see what happens there. But uh, Rams versus Chiefs officially moved to Los Angeles due to poor field conditions. At Estadio, as I can't even say it. I can't say it. The Mexico Stadium. I I tried to do it there and I, I failed. So you guys know the stadium. You guys, Azteca, I, something like that. I don't know. I can't even picture it right now in my head. But it doesn't matter. The game's not there anymore. The game is at the Coliseum, uh, officially moved. So the Rams originally, you know, part of the deal to play at the Coliseum was to give up one home game a year to the International Series. And they get that home game back this this year. So that's pretty awesome. Rams actually get eight home games this year. Really cool stuff. Uh, but it was the field conditions. There was a concert there that absolutely destroyed the field. And uh, after that, then uh, they kept playing soccer games there. And it was just wasn't a good situation. There was even players from both teams saying that there was potential that if the game, if the NFL was going to keep the game there, that they were going to refuse to play. Um, risking themselves for injury for this game was not really worth it. So I think the NFL kind of took that and decided, okay, let's just go ahead and move it somewhere. And then, of course, I think the decision to move it was made, and then they had to get approval to play at the Coliseum. And then that's kind of what, when we heard of everything, is when that approval finally went through. Uh, tickets to that game, to Monday Night Football, are now available I've been hearing that prices are pretty generous also, but I've also seen that available on Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster is saying that there's no tickets available, so you're going to have to find, you're going to have to kind of scope it out. It's looking like this could be a potential sellout, which is really great news, but I'm hearing the prices are pretty decent, starting at around 50 bucks. So if you are out there and you want to go to this game, Monday Night Football, uh, which is, you know, Monday Night Football has not been at the Coliseum since the 80s. So this would be a cool moment for sure. Uh, but the tickets were not included for season ticket holders simply because I heard a lot of people complaining about this. But the the reasoning was is because uh, the 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 Rams and Chiefs game was not part of the the season ticket package because the game was scheduled to be in Mexico. So of course they're not just going to give those tickets away. Uh, well, consider well noting on that the Rams will be giving away thousands of tickets to first responders and people affected by the LA area tragedies which I absolutely love I'm a big fan of this move uh, but season ticket holders and the general public is going to need to purchase their tickets but I'm pretty sure by now from what I've seen around in in different Facebook groups and on Twitter and everything that most people that are going to this game or planning on going to this game have their tickets already so if you do not yet Make sure you pick those up real quick. 
in sadder news, wide receiver Cooper Cup did indeed tear his ACL and will miss the rest of the season. I got a big jet flying over me, guys, so sorry if you guys hear that in the background. Uh, wide receiver Josh Reynolds will now be getting more playing time, uh, which I actually like. I'm a big fan of Josh Reynolds personally. I think everybody kind of knows that if you listen to me every week. Uh, Kelsey did just win a a signed jersey card of Josh Reynolds on the Ram Showcase pregame live. I always do giveaways there. Uh, I still need to go and get some more stuff for you guys because I, I ran out of the really, really cool cards. And so I need to, I, I might need to make a stop. Maybe tomorrow I'll do that and, and see what I can find as far as other awesome Rams cards that I can give away. But Josh Reynolds now will be stepping up. Cooper Cup, uh, the, of course, this injury, the timing of it isn't necessarily ideal, but at the same time, you know, this did happen in week 10. So he should be good to go at least by the, the start of the season next year. I don't know if he's going to miss any offseason events like training camp or anything like that. But he should be good to go for week one uh, in 2019. So that'll be nice. And let me see. Oh, yeah. And uh, Farrow Cooper's return helps in this regard as well. I, I wanted to note that uh, yeah, having your Pro Bowl returner who can contribute on offense does kind of alleviate that a little bit. But again, Cooper Cup is he's an absolutely phenomenal player. And I think we'll, we'll definitely kind of feel this. But I don't think in any means that the, I don't think by any means that this means that the Rams won't, you know, make a push. You know, it, the Rams weren't doing the Rams aren't nine and one solely because of Cooper Cup. So uh, from that regard, I think we'll be OK. But it is unfortunate to lose a guy as talented as Cooper Cup is uh, flipping back to more awesome news for you guys. The Rams at Bears in week 14, December 9th, has been flexed into prime time. This game will be played on Sunday night football. And you know what that means? Do you know what that means? Three of the next four Rams games are now in primetime. We've got Monday night this week. Then we got the bye week, of course. After the bye week, we play at what will be 1 a or 1 p.m. 1 a.m. Well, that would be crazy, right? 1 p.m. Uh, Los Angeles time. So it will be kind of an early game. Uh, but, oh, no, it's 10. Oh, what am I doing? It's 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock <laughs> L.A. time. I'm, I'm floating the wrong way here. It'll be 10 a.m. kickoff at the Detroit Lions, and then after that will be uh, week 14 against the the Bears, which is now in primetime, and then week 15 at home against the the Eagles, and that's on Sunday night football. So Rams get two Sunday night football games in a row. Three of the next four games are in primetime, which is absolutely incredible. I think it's, I think it's awesome stuff here. Uh, let me see here. Uh, we did, uh, I'll, I'll note some other stuff here after uh, when we talk about the Chiefs and Rams. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to get to the Chiefs and Rams. This game will be played Monday Night Football at the Coliseum. The Kansas City Chiefs sitting at 9-1, and one, their lone loss coming on the road to the New England Patriots. And the Los Angeles Rams sitting at 9-1, and one, their only loss on the road at the New Orleans Saints. Very even matchup here, very exciting matchup. For this game to be played in Week 11 with both of these teams being 9-1, and one, that is very exciting stuff. For the weather in Los Angeles, we're looking at 63 degrees at kickoff at about 58 at the end of the game. So uh, you guys might want to bring a little bit of something unless you're just hopped up on adrenaline, which is pretty much what happened to me at the Rams Broncos game. Uh, I didn't really feel a whole lot of cold after I got, you know, kind of into it and, and getting excited and stuff. So you guys should be OK out there. That game was in the 20s. Now, this game is obviously Monday Night Football, which is on ESPN. Joe Tessitore and Jason Witten will be on the call and I don't like to I don't like to bash too many people, 
But Jason Witten is definitely going through some learning curves of the commentary aspect of football. If you haven't seen on YouTube, there's a compilation video of of Jason Witten making just ridiculous comments, and it's absolutely hysterical. I definitely recommend watching that one. I'll link it in the in the YouTube video if you guys want to want to check that out there. Uh, the line opened up at one and a half in favor of the Rams, one point five and has now since moved to 3.5 for the Rams, and that was after that move to Los Angeles. Uh, as The game-wise, uh, that kind of shifted the line a little bit towards uh, the Rams' favor. The over-under is the highest in NFL history, opened up at 63.5, now sits at 63. So uh, kind of what I was telling somebody, I think the losing team in this game is going to score 35 points. So we're looking at minimum, what if, if somebody has to win that game, we're looking at minimum 71 points if I think that the loser is going to score 35, which is just a lot of points. It, it Honestly, that's a whole bunch of points, which is going to be really fun to watch, though. I think this game is going to be very high scoring. Both defenses kind of struggling right now. Both defenses giving up a lot, but both offenses are just ridiculous, to put it simple. You know, they are absolutely insane. They do so many different things. Uh, the Rams do a lot of things out of... Uh, if you if you listen to the game, if you watched the Rams and Seahawks game, you know, based on every single sentence that Tony Romo said, the Rams do a lot of different things out of the same look. And uh, the Chiefs, they are just all over the place. You don't really know what they're doing and when. They're kind of uh, sporadic in that regard. The Kansas City Chiefs are 4-1 and one on the road, and the LA Rams are 5-0 and oh at home. That is mirrored in each other's records. Both teams are 5-0 and oh at home and 4-1 and one on the road. Let's take a look at the matchup for this game. Kansas City offense versus the L.A. defense. Total offense, the Kansas City Chiefs are third. The Rams defense is 13th. Passing the football, the Chiefs rank fourth. The Rams defense ranks 11th against the pass. Running the football, 13th for the Chiefs and 24th against the run for the Rams. So not awesome ranking there. And total points scored, the the Chiefs are putting up 35.3 per game. That is second in the NFL. And the Rams defense is giving up 23.1, which is 12th. Take a look at the Rams offense versus the Chiefs defense. We have total yards. Uh, the Rams are second in the league, just barely above the Chiefs, and the Chiefs defense is 29th. Uh, so that's a, a pretty big difference there. I mean, 13th for the Rams, 29th for, for the Chiefs uh, as far as defense goes. But if you look at the most recent weeks, Rams defense is giving up a lot. Passing the football, the Rams are fifth in the league. The Chiefs defense is 28th. Uh, running the football, the Rams are second in the league. That is... The first time since going into the Denver game, the Rams were, have not been ranked first. And then the Chiefs defense is 23rd. Points per game, the Rams are putting up 33.5. That is third in the NFL. And the Chiefs defense giving up 24. That is tied for 16. So if you're just looking at averages there, uh, you, so you got 35.3 versus 23.1. That's that's pretty tight. I mean, that's you, you would guess that that team's probably going to put up 28 points if, if you look at it in that regard. But same for the, the Rams offense versus the Chiefs defense. Very tight in there. There's no statistic that you can really point to to say that this team has the clear advantage. Of course, you can look at the, the defensive rankings for the Chiefs versus the Rams. But again, if you look at the last five, uh, four or five games for the Rams, uh, those numbers are definitely falling in, in, in not the right direction. Uh, the history of this matchup, the Chiefs lead the all-time series 7-4. and four. The most recent game was on October 26th of 2014. That was at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Rams did lose that game 34-7. to 
The very first game between these two was on September 16th, 1973, again at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Rams won that game 23-13. Total points scored in this matchup. The Chiefs have put up 277. The Rams have put up 196. The Chiefs have won the last six games against the Rams. Do you know what that means? That means the last Rams win? That was a long time ago. That was September 25th of 1994. And that was at Kansas City. 16 to nothing was the score of that game. Uh, but if you guys know what that means, 1994 was the last Rams win, which means the St. Louis Rams never beat the Chiefs. Not one time did the St. Louis Rams win against the Kansas City Chiefs. There have been two shutouts in this series. Uh, the Rams own both of those. They won both of the shutouts and both, both of those games were 16 to zero. That was in 1994 and 1985. This is the sixth version of LA Rams versus the Chiefs. So they've only played as the LA Rams, uh, uh, five times. Uh, some notes on this game also. This is the first Monday night football game at the Coliseum since 1985. That one was hosted by the Raiders. And this is the first time the Rams host a Monday Night Football game at the Coliseum. Uh, yeah, that's at the Coliseum, not just Los Angeles. At the Coliseum since November 19th, 1979. That November 19th is a relevant date considering that November 19th, 2018 is the Rams Monday Night Football game against the Chiefs, which will be pretty cool. So exactly what is that? Oh man, I'm bad at math. Was that 40, 40, 39 years? I believe 39, I think, is is right. Uh, very long time. But on the nose, though, same exact date, which is cool. This is the first uh, first time ever that two opposite conference teams with just one loss will meet this late in the season. So pretty interesting stuff there. Again, this matchup is just really exciting from top to bottom. Every every way you look at it, this, this matchup is really tight. Uh, this is also the first time ever that two teams averaging at least 33 points per game will meet this late in the season. We kind of had some numbers like this against the the Saints, but this is obviously later than that. This is now week 11, no longer week 9. Uh, and it's post-week post, post week 10 for, for that matchup uh, of two teams meeting, averaging at least 33 points a game. And according to Las Vegas, Bovada, all those guys, uh, this is the most likely Super Bowl matchup where you're watching what Vegas says is the most likely Super Bowl matchup. This is... A lot of people are thinking that this is a Super Bowl preview. Do you think it's a Super Bowl preview? I want to know. I need to know. I have to know. I need you to comment wherever you're listening to this and tell me if you think that this is going to be the Super Bowl matchup. Because if it is, then this game could be very telling. We could see some things in this game uh, that maybe we we need to look back at. Maybe this is a game that you know later on we'll be talking about. Uh, we'll see. The Rams got to take care of their business first, though, right? The Rams have to get to their Super Bowl. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They just have to get there. And I'd be, I, would, I mean, I, I'm not opposed to that. I don't know if any of you Rams fans are opposed to that. Uh, but that is going to do it for the first half. On the other side, we've got fan quesos. So don't go anywhere. For the latest news, player updates, and information, go to Elite NFC West. The team at Elite brings a mixture of personalities to the table. With Smitty's live Q&As, you get the chance to have your football questions personally answered right there on the spot, as well as throw down with some of the most knowledgeable admins of each team in the West. From video blogs to stats, prediction, historical facts, and yes, even trash talk, Elite NFC West has you covered. 
Like us on Facebook today and represent. Now is the time to get your voice heard. Sports War Radio is now accepting applications for driven and knowledgeable sports fans who want to start their very own podcast about their favorite team. Sports War Radio has an international audience and is growing fast. Don't miss the chance to become the go-to news source for your favorite team. Email sportswarradio at gmail.com and tell us why you would be a great addition to our team. Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. This program is simulcast on WRPR Rat Pack Radio. Go to ratpacksports.com for more information. Welcome to Sports War Radio, the premier all-encompassing sports radio talk on the web. Sports War Radio has something for every fan of every sport. Get the fan perspective on all the news surrounding your favorite teams. Don't miss any of the action. Follow Sports War Radio on Twitter and Facebook. Catch all of the action at Spreaker.com slash Sports War Radio. Remember, folks, Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. And now back to the Rams Showcase with your host, Sheriff Joe Baggs. And welcome back to Rams Showcase. Sports War Radio. That's where it's at. Make sure you guys follow the Ram Showcase on all the all of your favorite social media at Ram Showcase Instagram and Twitter Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. Pretty simple stuff. I mean I try to keep it easy. Ram Showcase at gmail.com if you wanna email me. I don't know, some of you guys might be still into email. I know it's 2018 and not a lot of people use that much anymore. But I'm still a pretty uh pretty normal email user, I would like to say. Uh, so make sure you guys, uh, if you have any, uh, you can send me fan quesos there too if you want. That's cool. Let's go ahead. Uh, speaking of fan quesos, let's go ahead and hop right into them. Uh, these come from John. John wants to know, rank the following developments in terms of significance. We got the Cooper Cup injury, the Aqib Tlaib injury, and the Dante Fowler acquisition. So if I had to rank these three events in, you know, in terms of significance, I think at the very bottom, I would put the Dante Fowler acquisition because so far, because he's only played two games with us and he has kind of hurt us in some ways, uh, but he's also helped in some ways. And so I think it's kind of right now it's like a push. You know what I mean? He got a personal foul for saying something to the ref. I don't know if we'll ever know what he actually said, but I think he just hurt the ref's feelings and uh, apparently hurting the ref's feelings is a personal foul. And you can't do that. You can't hurt hurt any feelings. All right. This is the end of an NFL field is apparently a safe zone, and you can't be mean to anybody anymore. Um, so I would, but and then he, of course he had like the strip sack and stuff like that. So he did. It kind of evened out. I would say. I would say mainly he did more positive than negative. He was getting into the backfield decently often, though against the Seahawks, which I did like to see. But right now, two games. Really difficult to put that as, as really too much higher. Uh, next up at the number two spot, I'm going to put the Cooper Cup injury. And simply because Cooper Cup, he has already missed time this year uh, from that injury he sustained in Denver. 
and the Rams offense was fine. The Rams offense still was able to move the ball. He was not the sole purpose of, you know, any points being scored or any wins. He wasn't, he wasn't doing that alone. Of course he helped, but it wasn't just all Cooper Cup being awesome or anything. Uh, and I think that as far as a wide receiver injury, no injuries are awesome. They all suck. But what's kind of nice, I guess, about it is that's a, that's an area where the Rams have a lot of depth. And they have a guy, Josh Reynolds, who I think is 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 right in line skill-wise with, with Cooper Cup. And I think that he's going to come in and do – I think he's going to be fine. So overall, I'm not overly concerned with this injury. It does suck, though, because Cooper Cup is awesome. And then, of course, number one, I put a keep to lead because the Rams' defense was, it looked unstoppable. We looked like a brick wall out there for a little bit. And then a keep to lead went out in the same game that Marcus Peters got hurt. And ever since then, we basically haven't been able to stop the pass. So I would say that that's the number one. That's the top of the list. Uh, even, you know, it, it seems like even Marcus Peters isn't playing as good because a keep to not out on the field. So I think that's definitely the top, the top, significant event that you've listed here for sure uh next one here from john do you think referees are allowing more offensive line holding this year uh well they sure as hell are against us i know that uh holy crap man it's it's getting a little ridiculous i'm not a guy who likes to blame refs i hate the 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 ref blames and especially you know at certain times of the game Things will happen early enough that you have time to adjust. Like you know, Coop, or uh, Johnny Johnny Hecker's first down, which was totally a first down against the Saints. You know, uh, they didn't have the angle apparently that showed that he got the first down. I thought that the angle was very clear, but you know, uh, and that sucks. That sucks. It seemed like a blown call to me, but you have enough. To, that's early enough in the game. You have time to recover from that from that call. So I wouldn't say that that call lost the Rams the game. They had plenty of time after that. They they ended up tying the game in the third quarter, and you're going to say that because the Rams didn't get the, the first down from Hecker, that, that that's why they lost the game. I just don't agree with that. Uh, but if you're looking at the games, and, and I watch the defensive line pretty closely every time, uh, that's usually what I keep an eye on at first is, is the defensive line. Uh, and it's clear, it is blatant, and it is borderline disrespectful of how many times these guys are getting held. Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, those are the two ones that are, it's, it's getting bad, guys. It's getting bad. Them getting held is getting terrible, and they're not getting flagged. There, I saw multiple plays against the Seahawks where, the, you know, the blocker is behind Dominican Sue. He's holding him back. He's got his arm, and Dominican Sue's trying to get away. And no flag. I don't understand what else we need to do. Uh, you know, it's not it's not the Rams' fault that you don't have an offensive line that's strong enough to block the players that we have. So call call the holding. It's getting a little bit ridiculous. I don't want to go too long on that because I hate the ref blames. I, I'm not a fan, but it is, I would say, getting a little bit obnoxious. Uh, this one comes from MJ. Do you think it helps or hurts us bringing the game back? Uh, you know what? I don't, I think it actually kind of helps. You know, this the Rams are in Colorado Springs doing altitude training. We're very high up. We're very high up in the air. We're higher than Denver is, and Denver is known as the Mile High City, and Colorado Springs is above that. So uh, it's, it's never a bad thing to do some altitude training because I mean, that's why the Olympic Training Center is in Colorado Springs, because you come here and... 
If you can do these things at this altitude, you can do most things when you're down back at sea level. So I think this is actually very beneficial uh, for the Rams. And the game being back in L.A., I don't think that there's any reason that that would hurt us. I know a lot of fans that kind of get frustrated with the number of opposing fans that are usually at the games, but uh, I think that that's going to change, especially considering both L.A. teams are absolutely destroyed worlds right now. I mean, the Rams sitting at 9-1, and one, and whether the Chargers are like 7-2, and two, their only two losses are to the Chiefs and the Rams. That's pretty amazing. You know, they're doing a really good job. They've won six straight. And, of course, the Rams, our team, uh, obviously playing really well. You know, defense could tighten up, but they're still winning games. So, you know, and their only loss at New Orleans, I'm okay with that. I'm, to, I'm okay with that being our only loss for sure. Uh, but I think it helps being back in L.A. Uh, simply because... I I, I kind of get the feeling not not a lot of the players like doing these international series games. Todd Gurley was pretty clear about that last year that he didn't like going to London, so it was kind of nice that this one was in Mexico. Uh, but obviously, I think being with their families and it's the week before Thanksgiving, and we get to go on our bye week for Thanksgiving. So now all the players get to hang out at home with their families. They don't have to travel back anywhere. They're just once the game is over on Monday. They're now on pretty much vacation mode. They can hang out with their families for Thanksgiving and stuff. So I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be great. The next one here also from MJ. Do we get to see uh, John Kelly or Obaniah Okoronkwo anytime this season? Man, I hope so. I've been excited about John Kelly since the second we drafted him. The second I heard that, that the Rams took John Kelly, I, I was watching the draft, obviously. The second that they called that pick, I was over the top. I was I was super excited. And for Oboe, that was another one. I was excited about these picks. And uh, for for Oboe, of course, he's coming back from the from the physically unable to perform list. He was inactive this last week. Uh, but I think we'll see Oboe before we'll see Kelly, honestly. And you know, I, I kind of had that moment with, with uh, Malcolm Brown's touchdown against the Saints. It was like, okay, that's why John Johnson's been inactive because we don't really need him right now. Uh, but I would like to see him out there eventually. I mean, why do you draft somebody not to play him? Just kind of doesn't make sense to me. I, I would like to see him at least to kind of, maybe we could do some rotational stuff or something to get this kid on the field because he's a very talented player. And I would say he's better than Malcolm Brown. Personally, I would say that John Kelly is, is a better running back than Malcolm Brown. And he's a better receiver out of the backfield. Uh, but Oboe, I, I do believe we'll see Oboe before we'll see Kelly. I think that uh, Okoronkwo could return. I think he could actually see field action as early as this week. Uh, Garrick wants to know, would you consider the Rams pretenders more than contenders if they lose this game? Absolutely not. I've seen this this comment, this pretenders comment, if the Rams lose against the Chiefs. I just don't see it. I think if the Rams are sitting at 9-2 and two after this week with their only losses being to the Chiefs and the Saints... I don't think that that's a bad thing at all. I think that you're looking at it in a weird way where you're just looking at our, our own losses. But you look at these teams that we're playing against. I mean, the Saints have lost one. That was in week one. And uh, it was against, you know, Fitzpatrick, who had a totally, like, uncharacteristic game and just went off and had, like, 448 passing or something and, and four touchdowns, no interceptions. And they, they lost that game by eight. And then you look at the uh, the, the Chiefs, and their only loss is at the New England Patriots, who, of course, I mean, they just got kind of wrecked by the Titans, but they're a strong team still, obviously. And I don't think that losing to the Saints and the Chiefs or the Saints or the Chiefs 
or just the Saints and not the Chiefs, whatever way you want to look at it, I don't think it's necessarily a bad sign at all. I would not call the Rams pretenders if they lose to two of the top teams in the NFL. I just don't see how anybody can say that. No one's saying that about the Chargers right now, who who have two losses to the Chiefs and Rams, who are good teams. So everybody's looking at the Chargers right now. Those are their only two losses. Man, this team is good. So why would they look at us losing to the Saints and the Chiefs and say, man, they're pretenders. They can't do it. They can't hang because they lost to two of the best teams in the league. I just don't see it. I don't understand that logic. I, I think it's completely flawed, and I absolutely disagree that the Rams would be considered pretenders if they lose against the Chiefs, especially in a weird week. You know, the Chiefs are dealing with it too, but it's a weird week, and it, the Rams kind of have historically had a, a tougher time in the last few years, have had a tougher time at the Coliseum than they have on the road. But I think I think it's a benefit. I think that, I mean, at least we're not playing on that terrible field. I guess I got, I got we got that going for us. But no, absolutely not would I consider the, the Rams pretenders if we lose to two of the best teams in the league, two of the top teams in, in their respective conferences, a team who's holding the number one seed right now and a team that could hold the number one seed in the NFC if if we don't, you know, kind of, if they if they don't lose again, they have the number one seed for sure, and no matter what the Rams do. If the Saints don't lose another game, they have the top seed. So I don't think that in any capacity if the Rams lose this game, that they should be considered pretenders. I don't think that that word should be even muttered by any Rams fans right now. We know this team is good. I don't understand how we got from having a going into a season that we ended up going four and one or four four and one uh, that we ended up going four and twelve going into that season with enthusiasm and excitement and hope, and now we're sitting at nine and one this year and saying, well, if we lose this next game, it's over. We we're not we're not good. What? That does, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. I think that Rams fans quickly got spoiled with Sean McVay and I would like to see that changed. Where's the, where's the humbleness? All right, guys, we just, just rein it in just a little bit. Losing to the Chiefs and Saints is not a bad thing. And the Rams could win this game. You know, obviously they could win this game. It's at home. We're, we're also nine and one. Everybody talks about the Chiefs being nine and one. The Rams are nine and one also. And have only lost one game on the road by 10 points. I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I don't think that the, the Rams should be in the pretender conversation whatsoever. Okay, if we lose like our next five, then I'll give it to you. But not right now. I went on a little bit of a rant there, so we're good. <laughs> uh, Garrick also wants to know, what's up with your boy Mark Barron? Haven't seen him be the run stuffer we needed. Run defense has been atrocious. Frank piggybacked on that said, I agree, Baron is subpar. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I feel personally attacked here. I feel like you guys are bagging on Mark Barron a little bit hard, okay? And yeah, he's my favorite Ram right now, and yeah, I'm a big fan. He is not necessarily stuffing the run like he he can, uh, but I think it's more of a schematic thing, not a Mark Barron thing, to be completely honest. Mark Barron's been in coverage a lot this year, and I talked about it on my, my Under the Ridge Top new segment that's on the YouTube videos. Uh, I have another one coming this week. I've already got my topic. If you guys want to know, it's about the Mexico move in that stadium. That's where my Under the Ridge Top segment is coming from. But it's a little opinionated, so I keep it pretty short and on the YouTube video by itself. Uh, but I, I do feel personally attacked by Garrick and Frank. Uh, but I'm going to say that I think it's more schematic. I think that the Rams are just not doing... I think that because of the, the names they have on the defensive line, they aren't calling as many blitzes. And of course... 
with the pass coverage the way it's been, we also can't really call a lot of blitzes. And, we, and a lot of Mark Barron's run stuffs were coming when he was going on just a blitz and ended up see, reading the play, seeing the play, whatever it happened to be, and making a play on the ball carrier. So I, I disagree with you guys. I do. I, it's not just because it's Mark Barron. I would, I would back up any of my Rams like this. Mark Barron especially, but I back up any of these guys like this. I think that you guys are being a little harsh, and I think that the finger's being pointed in the wrong direction. I honestly think that the, the finger should be a little bit pointed on Wade Phillips. The Rams in the first half have not looked very good this year. All right, Wade Phillips is a second-half guy. We've all we've all known that. We've I talked about that when we first hired him. On uh, talked about that here on the show when we very first hired Wade Phillips. I talked about that he. You know, sometimes can struggle going into a game with a game plan, but he's really good at halftime adjustments. And we are absolutely seeing that right now. So I think it's more schematic. And I think that, you know, if you look at, you take away the the Peters blown coverage in the Saints game, we only give up three points in the second half to the Saints if you take away that play. After giving up 35 in the first half, uh, I'd have to look at, at the the points in the, in the, in the Seahawks game, but I think it was pretty close, but I do, the Rams did outscore the Seahawks in the second half. So I think it's all, I think you guys are kind of looking at the wrong area. You guys are kind of pinpointing Mark Barron saying Mark Barron is the reason that this is not working when I disagree. I think that the finger should be pointed in other aspects. And because of the players that we have, teams are doing a lot of stuff against us to get our defensive line kind of out of the game a little bit. Let's see here. Uh, do you believe or do you think that the benefit of practicing in Colorado will still help the team now that the game's back in L.A.? I absolutely do. I, I definitely think it will. Like I mentioned before, the, there's a reason the Olympic Training Center is in Colorado Springs. It's because we're way up here. Way up here. I'm way more than a mile above most of you guys right now. And I think that the altitude, because it is hard. It is difficult out here. A lot of people, when they move here at first, they get what's called altitude sickness, which is where you get headaches, you, you're having trouble breathing, all this stuff. It's a, like a real thing that happens to people. But for athletes, they come in here and they, if you can start doing the things that you normally do at this elevation, you go back down, you go back to LA after working out here, you're going to feel like a superhero. I remember, you know, just a small example here. I, I've lived here my whole life, so I'm, I'm super accustomed to it. I'm super accustomed to the altitude. I'm super accustomed to it being 75 one day, 23 the next. And then my body doesn't freak out. I just kind of handle it and move on. But when I went to Florida... Uh, this was, I don't do a lot of traveling. Um, I think you guys kind of know that. I'm always in Colorado. But uh, when, I, when I went to Florida, it was the summer before my freshman year of high school. So it was a little bit of time ago. And I went to the gym with my cousins and my aunt. And I was on the treadmill for like 30 minutes before I realized I wasn't even breathing heavy. And that's just because I was out here so long. And, and of course, at that time of my life, I was always out playing football with my friends and we were always on our bikes and stuff like that. So I wasn't like, I was, I've never been like an athlete, but I wasn't like totally unfit. And going out there, I was basically a superhero. Totally. I was basically a superhero. I was like one of, <laughs> I would say I, I was a better athlete than anybody on the, on the Dolphins. 100%. Uh, so I think it's absolutely a benefit, MJ. <laughs> that's long long answer for that one yes is the answer to that question and next one here from mj if the seahawks lose to the packers tomorrow and we beat the chiefs that would lock up the playoff berth wouldn't it after that if we were to lose out and the seahawks win out we'd both be 10 and 6 but the rams would have advantage from the sweep right 
You are 100% correct, MJ. So tomorrow, because I'm recording this on Wednesday, tomorrow if the Packers do win against the, the Seahawks, then the Rams just need to win one more game the whole rest of the season to clinch the NFC West. Clinching the uh, division has only been done in in by week 11 four times in NFL history. Not all those teams went on to win the Super Bowl, by the way, but it has happened four times. The Rams would be the fifth if the Packers and Rams both win uh, their games coming up this weekend in week 11. Uh, so that's pretty exciting stuff. And yeah, you're right. If if at the if we win and then they lose, then we could just we could rest our starters or something, and they could win out, and we would win the division. It would be clinched if with one Seahawks loss and one Rams win, a Rams Rams win and a Seahawks loss at any point this season, the rest of the year, the division is the Rams, one hundred percent. So uh, I think right now the the Vegas odds are ninety nine point nine percent chance that the Rams will win the NFC West because it's extremely likely and, and it would blow people's minds if it didn't happen. Uh, but there is technically a way it could it could happen where the Seahawks win it. Uh, the Rams, uh, by the way, for first overall seed sitting at 50.8%. So they are on the other half of that, which is nice considering that they did lose to the Saints who are another one-loss team who have already had their bye week. So the Rams are ahead of them in the standings right now. That's only because we've played more games than they have. We're sitting at 9-1. and one, They're sitting at 8-1. and one. Uh, Let's see here. And last one. Frank wants to know, uh, what do you think about moving Joyner to cornerback and moving Peters to free safety? I'm uh, not really a fan of these these uh, movements uh, or movement. Uh, well, I don't even know what you call that. These uh, propositions, I guess. Uh, I'm not necessarily a fan of any of them. I don't think that... Okay, to put it this way, Joyner's level of play skyrocketed when he went back to free safety. He was a good corner. He's an awesome safety. So from that regard, I wouldn't move Joyner anywhere. Uh, and Joyner's also more of a nickel corner. And we have one of the top nickel corners in the NFL if, with Nickel Roby Coleman. Uh, Peters being free safety, that's just not his position. And I think that if the Rams approached him and said, we want to move you to free safety... I think he would lose his mind. I mean, we saw in the Seahawks game, I don't know if you guys paid attention, but they were doing like a promo shot of him and a cameraman like came up in front of him on the sideline and he straight like pushed the camera out of the way. He's like, no, get out of here. And I I think I'm into it. I think I like it. I think I think I, I'm pretty sure I think it's awesome, but I haven't totally decided yet. But I'm pretty sure that I'm just a big Marcus Peters fan. And I kind of like his attitude, but I also haven't decided because sometimes I'm like, all right, man, just relax. Like, it's fine. It's fine, man. Just play better. He's owning up to his mistakes, which is cool, but he's doing it in a really aggressive way. And again, like I said last week, when somebody asked him, uh, one of the reporters asked him in his press conference, uh, is your is is your uh, injury still bothering you? He did not like that question. And he kind of like went back after that reporter a little bit and kind of was, you know, kind of snapped at him, which made me think that, yes, he is still dealing with it. Absolutely. That made me think he was dealing with it. He tried to he tried to answer that question so adamantly that it wasn't bothering him that it made me think that it would that it is. So, I mean, from that regard, I mean, you make up your minds. You make up your minds. I can't because we'll never know for sure. It, Peters is never going to say anything. The training staff's not going to say anything. If he's good enough to play, he's fine. He's healthy. So, and Peters is never going to say, "Yeah, I'm still hurt. I'm still <laughs> I'm still in pain." But Talib's gone, so I have to keep playing, kind of thing. He's not going to say that. He would never say that. Uh, that does it for my fan quesos, though. Thank you guys all for dropping those. You guys can always 
send me messages on the Rams Showcase page, the Sheriff Joe Bags page. You can tweet me any questions. And, oh, actually, you know what? I think I'm lying. One second here. I think I'm lying. I think I do have a few more. Let me check here. I believe that I do have more. I'm trying to check. I'm trying to go fast. Let me see here. I'm trying to check my screenshots because that's where most questions come from. Okay, yep. Got one more for you guys. Uh, Greg wants to know, will the Rams finally bench Peters after another horrible performance? Would you? This is a good question, Greg. Um, and no, absolutely not uh, would I bench Peters. Um, and will the Rams? No, they're not going to bench Peters. And they're not going to even consider that. And would I? No, I would not either. Uh, and that's simply because, yeah, he's not playing that well, but who do you put in? Who do you put in? When Sam Shields started, he didn't look very good. When, uh, I mean, Troy Hill already has to play because Aqib Talib's out. Who else do you put in? Who else do the Rams start ahead of Marcus Peters? That just doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense depth-wise. Uh, the, I, the Rams don't have anybody that I think could come in and be a better option or, a, you know, gamble, I guess, than uh, than Marcus Peters. It would have to be, you know, Dominique Hatfield. And I'm not a Hatfield hater, but I just don't think that you could put, you could justify putting Hatfield in over a Pro Bowl corner in Marcus Peters. But you have to look at Marcus Peters and his history and what he's done in the NFL and his style of play. His style of play is play like 12 yards off the receiver, read the quarterback, trust his instincts, make a play on the ball. He's not able to do that under Wade Phillips because Wade Phillips loves to do man-to-man. So the, the, the simple fact is Marcus Peters isn't as good in man-to-man as he is in zone coverage, and he's being forced to do something that he's not as good at under Wade Phillips because that's the scheme that Wade Phillips runs. I think that this very well could be the final year that Marcus Peters plays for the Rams. Maybe he'll be back next year, but I'm not sure if he's going to get the extension simply because it's not necessarily a schematic fit. And I would love to see Marcus Peters back. I think Marcus Peters is, is an extremely talented player. But I think what would happen is if the Rams did decide to move on from Marcus Peters, he would go to a team that runs a very zone-heavy defense, and he would thrive. And Rams fans, because of Rams fans and how they are, everybody would say about how big of a mistake it was that we let him go and all this stuff, even though everybody kind of hates him right now. But that's how you Rams fans are. That's how I am. I understand. I'm I'm one of you guys. I'm just a Rams fan. That's all I am. I'm just a dude who talks about the Rams. I'm just a Rams fan. So I I see it too. And 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 I get frustrated, you know, with players. And then I want them to leave. But what? Sometimes it's just not a schematic fit. So we we have to understand that if the Rams do move on from Marcus Peters and he thrives somewhere else, that's not the Rams making a bad decision. That was the Rams making a good decision and Marcus Peters benefiting from that good decision. Because if he was not going to fit with us, then let him go play somewhere where he does fit and he can thrive. Don't, don't be so so selfish, you know? <laughs> uh, that is going to do it for me uh, here. Make sure you guys follow Ram Showcase uh, everywhere on your favorite social media. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. You can follow me as well at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash slash Sheriff Joe Bags. I have uh, been giving you guys my personal Facebook, and that's fine. I'll get to you guys again. It's facebook.com slash ramsjoby. But I am uh, uh, I'm getting some, some, some weird requests. 
and getting uh, a lot of messages. <laughs> and uh, it's cool with me, but don't be weird. Don't be weird. That's all. That's all I ask. Just don't be a weirdo. I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about your fish. All right, man. Wait, if you're gonna message me, let's talk about the Rams. That's all I ask. I don't want to just have random BS conversations all the time. I just want to talk about the Rams. Why do the show, man? Why do the show? Um, that is gonna do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This is Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio. For those of you that aren't Rams fans, my thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you that are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening, and you guys have a great night. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.